You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hog of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 252 of Essentially's favorite podcast, Jeremiah Morrill. We are in beautiful, luxurious, monsoon rainy Newcastle, Indiana at our downtown studios. We've got executive video audio producer, engineer Zach Bircham, and my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. How are we doing? Today's episode features Mr. Bash Kreider, the the return of the prodigal son. Is the the honorable Bash Kreider? The honorable. Uh, I'm not honorable. He's not honorable. Merely an attorney. <laughs> Bash is back in the studio. The disgraced Bash. <laughs> More like it. We're going to be recapping the 2022 primary election results. We're going to talk about Henry County's results in particular. And then we're going to be talking to Bash about estate planning uh, and what millennials have to look forward to whenever they go to an attorney's office to plan what happens after their untimely demise. And then we're going to be talking to Bash about cryptocurrency and the world of blockchain technology. Uh, there's a lot of interesting questions here. Jesse Riddle has tried to teach us, but Jesse uh, Jesse's not so good at dumbing it down for us. So <laughs> we brought yeah, Jesse has given up on us. <laughs> so we brought Bash and he's gonna he's gonna actually teach us about it. So make sure you stick around until the very end of the show and hear what that's all about. This show's about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. This uh, this show is brought to you by viewers just like yourselves. It's like PBS. Mm-hmm. It's a voluntary society. It is. Uh, PBS we, isn't so voluntary. We do that through Patreon. And it just occurred to me that I said we were going to send the notes out through Patreon only. And I forgot. I yep. I failed. I I dropped them in the in the super secret Facebook group that people get access to, instead of sending them through Patreon. Um, so be it. It's all right. Maybe next week we'll get it right. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we, we we just did about a half an hour. That's right. We did. Yeah, we did go a little it was, bit longer. It was today. extra special content this week. If you go to patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty or you just go to boss hog of liberty.com, then you get access to uh, all kinds of different things. You have to sign up first and pledge to give us your money, but then you get access to all kinds of things before the show actually happens. Uh, and you get access to that 30 minute bonus episode, usually 20 minutes that we do every week uh, with the guest for the Patreon members. And we go live with that as well with a video in the Facebook group that we just mentioned. You also get access to the show notes before the show ever happens, and uh, there's some other goodies in there and some things that happen. Sometimes we'll get little gifts, and we send them out to all the Patreon members. But if you donate at $50 or more a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every show. And those folks are Mr. Jonathan Phillips, uh, Anthony Meyer, and uh, the most generous person that we know, Miss Christy Avery. Christy is an absolute angel. Those three those three are the, uh, the foundation that the entire show is built on, so... Thank you to each of you so much. Um, there's a merch link uh, that, uh, that Zach just uh, dropped into the live feed and at bosshogliberty.com. If you want to, you want to get yourself in a boss hog swag. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> we were very popular on Tuesday. 
Yeah. All day long. Incoming DMs, questions. Hey, what time's your show tonight? Yep. When are you going to have these election results? What's, what's going on? And it occurred to me uh, by about the 32nd version of that, uh, <laughs> that, that direct reach out that we maybe should have done a show on Tuesday night, Dakota. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I got four messages and then uh, a couple of people. Actually, one of the poll workers asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I had a poll worker ask me. When, when's your show? She said, oh, I've been watching your podcast. Um, are you guys going to do some election coverage? I was like, no. And then she was the first person to ask all day. And I thought then, hmm, this is a person that I don't really know. And they're asking. So then it was a, a stream of people who I do know, like, what time are you guys going live tonight? And they, they weren't even asking, are you doing a show? It was, are you, what time are you doing the show? <laughs> <laughs> which, which tells me that we've built a clientele. So entitled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so I think Dakota, we need to take our calendars out and say the first Tuesday in November, maybe, maybe we need to do a show on Tuesday night. <laughs> well, that's what I was telling people was we're not doing it for the primary, but we'll probably do one in November. That was my, that's what I said. That was your, that was your escape clause. Yeah. 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 I was I was pumping said, out know, my. This wasn't a big one. There's no president. Why are you even voting anyway? <laughs> what a, what a douchebag thing for you to say. After we've done, we did seven episodes on in a candidate series that was wonderfully sponsored by Big Bounce, Wyland's Flowers, and <laughs> the Slick Pickle. The Slick Pickle. I was I was going to let you get one of them in there, and you just go blank on me like, what are our sponsors' names? Dakota, I pulled a Democratic ballot, and I, that kind of hits close to home because I didn't do a lot of voting on that ballot. <laughs> yeah. I talked to... Yeah, why, you have to be a diehard Democrat to be like, I'm pulling this. I talked Democrat to the Democrat ballot. judge at, that was at the polling place Zach went to, and they're like, yeah, there's not very many of them. I said, was Jack your only person? He says, yep, he's the dedicated one. <laughs> The, Thanks, Darren. The one Democrat that came through. You made, him, you made him wake up from his nap to get you one of them ballots. One of them big giant donkey ballots. If you're involved in politics in this county, then you probably know all the members of the Democrat Party. Well, if you're a Democrat running, you know exactly who you need to campaign to. <laughs> yeah. You know your seven voters. You can just fit them all in the little, little 15-passenger van and drag them, drag them in one time. You don't even have to pay for the text messaging service. You can just do it yourself. <laughs> so we have fun with our friends on the Democrat side, the Republican side, the Libertarian side. And if we can ever get ourselves a green, we'll, we'll have fun with them too. There was so, a house I remember when Jill Stein was running that had a Jill Stein sign in the yard in Henry County. I thought, whoa, who's that? All right. So we have some results. For folks that have been listening and are invested mm-hmm. in the uh, in the candidate series, we we super covered the uh, the Henry County ballot uh, for those running in the GOP primary because that was, except for township-level offices, that was the only contested primary uh, on our ballots over here. The sheriff's winner yeah. was John's Proles. Did that surprise you? Um, I thought he was going to be very strong. We, we talked about the fundraising and John, John raised and spent more money than it. I think all the other candidates combined in the raise. Uh, yep. and people obviously bought the message. You know, it, he was very, uh, he, he was, John's race was probably the most aggressive we have seen if in a sheriff's race in a very long time. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And it was up to the voters to say, Hey, do we, yes, do we believe what's happening or do we, you know, do we not? 
And it's pretty obvious that the, the, the Republican voters on Tuesday said, yep, we're, we're in with John. We want to make a change and we're going to have a change. It's either going to be John Landon or, uh, you know, we'll see, but, um, going to have a new sheriff. Yeah. Were you surprised? Um, yeah, I kind of was. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be super close. I thought it was going to come down to like double digit differences between like 20 votes, 30 votes. Yeah. That's how close I thought it was going to be. And I thought it's going to be between Jay and John and Jason. Those are who I thought the top three were going to be. I thought those three were going to be like super, super duper close. So whenever like all the final numbers came out and it really wasn't that close, uh, that's what surprised me. I knew that one of those three was going to come out on top, but I thought they were going to be like neck and neck. So I was, I was shocked by the, by the final, you know, percentages and vote counts. Cause I think John wound up securing that by like over a thousand votes. I'm pulling up the, uh, the exact totals right now. It's on the, uh, it's on the old County County and, website. And for those of you who don't know, there was like, there were like 50, 500 Republicans. So to win by a margin of a thousand in a four way yeah, race. John, John Sproles landed 2,900, uh, roughly 2,900 votes. And, uh, Jay Davis was second with, uh, 1479. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Jim Nicholson and Jason Williams were both right around 900. They were separated by 13 votes. So, uh, solid showing all around. Uh, but yeah, it's a big, uh, big win for, uh, for John Sproles. That the- was a difficult one going in because I, because I pulled a Republican ballot. So whenever I went, to vote even like pulling up i'm like i don't i really didn't even know for sure who i was going to vote for until i i was there because i we had them all in here and like it for me it came down to a couple of them and i i really liked them both so it was a difficult decision to make for me um did they have i missed the episode did they have significantly different stances uh some i think that john would probably be the guy who stood out the most and i don't know if his stances were that much different but he was more vocal you know what i mean yeah and there were definitely some things that he like brought to the forefront as being issues that he wanted to address you know john made it clear they hadn't had an organizational meeting in years Mm. that was a that was a big part of it like pre-covid yeah okay uh so yeah there were a number of uh there were a number of things that he brought up about the way things have been operated that that i think must have registered with the voters um all right the next big uh the big next big race that we talked about Corey criswell won and he won district 54 pretty convincingly uh 40 percent of the vote in an eight-way race uh 46 percent in henry county uh and i I kind of, my gut feeling was that it was going to be a 20 to 22% was going to take it. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I thought with it as being as wide as it was and so many qualified candidates going into the race. I was, I was not going to be surprised if Corey won, but the margin was very impressive to me. I was, that's a, that's a fantastic win. Um, and I, I think he connected well with both the ag community, the Newcastle educational community, the small business community. He ran a he ran a great campaign and it connected and his his vote totals in Henry County were forty six percent but he also had he had darn good numbers in Rush County as well I think he had twenty five percent of the vote down in Rush County yeah that's kind of like what we were looking so whenever we were going into the like looking at the results um, I thought it was going to be really close 
But I also thought, let's see who comes in second place in Rush County. And I think that that's going to be our winner here. Yeah. And Melissa Meltzer uh, did very well. Yeah. Uh, in Hancock County, Shelby County, and Rush County. She, she did very well. And I think she had the same last name as a candidate who was running in Shelby County as well, Jennifer Meltzer. Uh, and I, they had very similar signs and messaging. So in that corridor, I don't think that Henry County voters understood the, the name ID and the, the, the strength she was going to have from the southern portions of the district. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah. another race I thought, like you said, was going to be really, really close. And then when the results came out, I was absolutely shocked. I was blown away, actually, by that one. Uh, and then the uh, the county commissioner's race, we covered that one on the show. Uh, that was uh, Joe Wiley and Joey Cooper, uh, both running uh, as first-time candidates for, for commissioner. And uh, Joe Wiley was uh, was successful. And I'm scrolling wildly trying to find my find my total to see what the uh, the number was. Uh, about a 1,400 vote margin. Joe Wiley, 3,400, and Joey Cooper had uh, 2,200. Um, both both guys, I think, ran fantastic races, and I think they were both well liked. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be uh, be interesting to see if there's any challenge for for Joe in the fall. But uh, that was another race that was kind of hard to choose pick between. I didn't get to meet those guys in person, but I did listen back to the episode that you did. Oh, that's right, you weren't here. Yeah, I wasn't here for that one. So I was like two super nice guys. And you're like, that, that would be, that would have been a really hard pick yeah. for me. Boy, is Zach glad he's a Democrat and didn't. Yeah. There's there, there, there some of that that was true. It was like, man, I like both of those guys and I'd, it'd be nice if we could have them both in there as commissioners. Like they both would do a great job in kind of with different backgrounds and different uh, methods of operating um, just because their life experiences were a lot different. But like both of them, I like, I hope that Joey's, stays involved and finds another way because he's the kind of guy that would be great to have involved locally doing things. And for the first time in the history of the show, we, uh, we covered the prosecuting attorney race, uh, Michael Mahoney and, and Tony Saunders, uh, uh, Michael Mahoney won, uh, with 3,500 votes and, uh, Tony Saunders came up just shy of 2,400. So, uh, even closer than the County commissioner's race was the, uh, was the prosecuting attorney race. Um, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. Right now, the, there is no Democrat in the fall, so Mr. Mahoney may sail through. We'll have to have to see. It's a, that's a tough race to recruit because you've got to be an attorney to run a prosecutor, right? That's true. That's a, you've got to have. Yeah, it's a narrow a field, very small pool. I'll, I will say, I spent a long time. Um, I had a contract with Circuit Court Three, which was Bobby Witham, Witham's court at the time, and I had. Uh, it, it was between 400 and 600 uh, cases with Michael. And, and and this is no comment on Tony whatsoever, but my experience with Michael, uh, as, as far as running the office, he was so on top of it. You know, like, obviously, I was fighting against him, so we didn't agree on any single Issue. You were obviously trying yeah. to uphold the innocence of exactly. The, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm Luke Skywalker. He's Darth Vader. I'm Optimus Prime. <laughs> he's Megatron. I'm Jesus. Fill in the blank. Something else. But <laughs> no. But I will say he he was so on top of the. Did it ever get physical? Did you challenge him to arm wrestling? Not in the courtroom. Not in the courtroom. But the. Uh, <laughs> 
maybe maybe some sort of a bake off or a, 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 barbe- a barbecue a barbecue contest. To I would love to have a barbecue fight with Michael I'd, Mahoney. I'd love to see that uh, th- that conversation with your client. Listen, I think we can get you out of this uh, with a good brisket. With a good brisket. Listen, we I'm offer up need, that brisket. I'm going to need you to bring me four briskets. <laughs> it's going to take all day Saturday, but I'm going to put the effort in. <laughs> No, I, this I, is why you do I estate say, planning now. The only frustrations I've ever had with Michael were that he was too He's good at furious job. about justice. Yeah, exactly. I I have infinite respect for the man uh, as a prosecutor, and I think that he will do an incredible job of running that office. I hope, I think, he, I hope he has opposition just so he can use that quote to use too furious about justice. <laughs> I don't see that used in an ad. <laughs> Just re- referencing you, Michael. Like, yeah, yeah. Too like, furious so, about like to like run. I, I read. I read a flyer that oh, said that perfect. defense attorneys support him, and obviously, we, obviously, they do. We do because he has harassed <laughs> us enough. Like we do because there have been so many times that I've been like, "Hey, you could ignore this," and he's like, "But I won't." <sighs> <laughs> Michael, it's not eight o'clock yet. Like, I, I just want to see a half-page ad in the Courier that says "Too Furious About Justice." That's all I want to see. That would be hilarious. So, in the recorder's race, uh, Lisa Loveless was victorious uh, against uh, Patrick Saunders. Uh, Thirty-seven hundred votes for uh, for Lisa. Patrick was twenty-one hundred. Uh, we had both of them in the off in the uh, in the office in the studio, and uh, man, that was a that was an interesting conversation that we... I wasn't here for that one either. You could have helped carry it, man. It was a riveting 15 minutes of discussion <laughs> about the office. And then Here's what the recorder does. Stuff. Hey, let's talk about the park. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was fun, though. Uh, and I, I think they were both uh, fantastic people, and I appreciated them being on the show and running. And um, I think our audience learned more about what happens. It, the, the recorder's office, the treasurer's office, the auditor's office, the assessor's office, those are four that people don't really understand what they do. Uh, and I think it was it was great to actually have have the expertise of those guys when they came in and, and helped educate us as to where in the hell our property tax dollars go. Man, whenever I was writing the show notes for that one and trying to figure out what kind of questions we were going to ask, I I literally one point Googled, why is it important who the recorder is? <laughs> um, let's see the other uh, the other items, the other ones we had the county council races uh, and the uh incumbent Kenan Gray uh he was uh, reselected by the GOP uh a very close race though pretty close from uh, newcomer yeah uh Jerry Williams first time first time running uh Kenan won with 1110 votes and Jerry Williams 792 so a very very close 150 votes would have would have swung that essentially uh so that one wound up shaking out very very near and then in District 2, this is the seat that uh, Councilman Chad Malicote is uh, retiring from. It was a 40-vote margin. It was the closest one of the night. Uh, Mike Regner uh, beat Jackie Brown. Um, and we'll have to see how that one works out. I, I know Mike didn't do a heck of a lot of campaigning. He was pretty silent. Um, and I, if he's going to win that race in the fall, he's going to have to put in the shoe leather and work. Because I... Melanie Wright got 232 votes. And that, that seat is one that was held by a Democrat before... Mm-hmm. Uh, before Chad Malico won it, Chad worked very hard and uh, and beat Robin Reno Fleming. Um, so we that's probably the best pickup opportunity for the Democrats on the in the county council side uh, with Melanie running in that uh, in that race. 
at this point, there is no Democrat running in uh, in District One. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But that's going to be that's going to be one to watch in the fall. Absolutely. I yeah. think I think that might be one where we uh, we do have to roll the council races back in. Yeah. And one we don't have in the show notes, but a, a Boss Hog alum. I think she's been on the show twice now. Janine Lee Lake won her primary and oh, now yeah. the fifth district for Congress. Uh, she didn't move, but the redistricting, she used to be in the sixth district and Janine would visit us every, every year when she ran for Congress. She had the big David Letterman endorsement a few years ago, uh, up in, uh, up in Muncie. Now she's in the fifth district and she's going to be running against Victoria Sparks, Congressman Spark, Congresswoman Sparks, uh, or Sparks, Sparks, Sparks. Nobody knows. I think it's Sparks. Sure. Um, but we'll we'll see how it works out. But you know, <laughs> that was targeted when Christina Hale ran for that seat two years ago. That was targeted as the best pickup opportunity for a Democrat in the state of Indiana. It, it, we'll see what happens, how things look. Obviously, the national politics have been uh, very fluid. A lot of women's rights issues have become a big deal this week. Um, we'll have to see how it shakes out. But Janine may there, have a puncher's chance. Is there a Democrat challenger for uh, District Six against Greg Pence yet? You know, you have the same internet I do. You ask these questions and make me scroll up a, and down. You have the sheet open. You have the same, yes. Was uh, there, Was there Zach? Did you vote for someone in the primary? Yeah, I think there was. <laughs> uh, there were two. George George Holland and Cynthia Worth, Cindy Worth. I don't I know who remember. won. There's a lot of no no candidate, no candidate, no candidate. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then once in a while you see somebody, you're like, yeah, not really. And I don't vote for them. <laughs> <laughs> against them. That's not. I'm not giving you a vote of confidence. Yeah, uh, Kristen Kronk is telling me that, uh, telling us in the chat that Cindy Worth did uh, did win, and it looked like she won the uh, the the Henry County vote as well. So I'm I'm trying to pull we, up the uh, the official number, efforting vamping or vamping. We're hey, working. Kristen, do you know where Cindy's from? Scrolling down, like, how big of a drive would it be for her to come into the studio? Oh yeah, she was. She had seventy three percent of the vote, so she had a fantastic, oh, wow. uh, fantastic run. George Holland has run for Congress many, many, many times. I think he's been a Republican. I think he's been a Democrat. I think he's been a Libertarian. George Holland has run for twenty years for Congress in the fifth and sixth districts. Uh, let's see what uh, let's see what we learn about Miss Ms. Worth. <laughs> Kirsten says, uh, says Columbus. It does. <laughs> uh, yep, Columbus, Indiana. Oh hell, <laughs> hour and a half. She got her PhD at Chirp Chirp U. Yeah, we'll have. We're gonna make friends with with uh, with Cynthia, and uh, we'll make sure she comes uh, comes through the building. At least has the opportunity to. So we'll have uh, against Greg Pence. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll see, see if it, we can get old Greg in here. Hey, our door is always open. Just like it is for Bash Kreider. He can come oh. by himself if he wants. I still haven't ever seen him talk. I've never seen a video. He doesn't or have to debate or anything. Anyone. I've never seen him. I've heard this is going to be his last term. That yeah. after this, it's going to be an open seat. So if you if you want to get in good graces, Mr. Kreider, uh, you get two years <laughs> to start raising some money to run for Congress. All right. Well, Mr. Kreider goes to Washington. Did you say Washington or Washington? I mean, for fun or for identification? <laughs> If you were, I'd rather court. call it Washington. While you're campaigning, if you, you were say in Washington, court. and then once you get elected and you go to D.C., it turns into Washington. Okay, that works. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say back that. home, if you're running if you're running in the district south of 40, it's got to be Washington. Washington. But up here at the Newcastle crowd, yeah. it's, it's Washington. In the, in the sophisticated area. Yes, it's somewhere north of Q. It's, My brother went to Butler, and everybody was like, where the hell are you from? And he was like, Newcastle. And they said, why are you talking like that? <laughs> I... I'm 45 minutes east. I'm I'm not even. 
I was once well, talking. So I, listen, we're, we spent we're most doing of better than south of forty. We spent most of Patreon talking about how you like to eat the the creepy crawlies out of the creek. So Better believe it. <laughs> Talked about the delicious things on the Patreon. Yeah. You know those will kill you, right? I I'm on this show because I'm I wanted to yet. get a sneak peek into their Patreon. If I were you, I would pay money. It's for worth it. It. It, was, oh, man. It's, it's worth it. <laughs> you saw behind the curtain and there was hot sauce. All right. <laughs> Bash, you, you texted me and you said, hey, man, we need to talk about millennials and estate planning. And I said, okay, yeah, sure. And there's nothing more depressing on a, on a rainy day than talking about my impending death. Better believe it. What What do I need to know? What What's Why is this important? Why do I, Sarah and I, do we need to, do I need to take all my stuff and put it in a living trust? And every time I sell a car, I have to go do paperwork with you. What's, yes. what, what are we saying? Yes. The well, most expensive all, version. Do you have awesome. a prenup? No, we don't have a prenup. We, <laughs> well, then what are you thinking? You need to get divorced. Come see me. Get remarried. You can do a postnuptial agreement. <laughs> you sort of can. Sometimes they're enforceable. All right. So. This is already costing me money. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I guess I honestly don't know if Dakota would stand next to me a second time getting married. I think he would. I think he's learned his lesson and he would be busy. That well, day. after your condescending <laughs> comment cold to out, me guys. today. Oh, there we go. You, you get a, you get a screen grab of the phone call to him saying, sorry, man, got to work. <laughs> yeah. So Did, was I condescending today? You whenever you uh, were trying to figure this thing out. You oh yeah, I was I was furious with you. You were like, you looked, you opened the package. <laughs> I walked, I walked. Okay, story time, really quickly. I'm sorry, Bash. This is just family okay, argument. We're gonna have, this will be over. Just I want to know if earmuffs if you, if you need to. Hey, I want to know if you, you got to get the family Sarah stuff worked out before you talk to me about this. I want to know if you walk, treat Sarah the same way. I walk back into this <laughs> wonderful, beautiful studio that the patrons pay for. Bash, mom and dad are, cr- are fighting. <laughs> I, walk, I walk back into the studio, and JoJo over here opens the brand new box of stuff that we were given, and there are brand new cable ties strewn out on the table. The on-air sign is laying on the table. My new mic stand arm is laying on the table. And I said, I tried to, I tried to put it together because I'm like, we have to do a show in 20 minutes. So I start putting stuff together and that the part A doesn't part fit with part B. And I'm like, well, we're, we're screwed. It's <laughs> over. And so I, so I take a picture of it and send it to Dakota. I'm like, Hey, this doesn't fit. And he's like, did you look in the whatever? And I'm like, it's where you left it, man. I don't know where the box is. <laughs> it's literally like, you put everything else back in the box. Yeah, so because it was the box strewn to pound the table. He just, Sarah, Sarah's off camera. He just immediately <laughs> blamed me before he tried looking for the solution. She's nodding her head, yes. She well, she knows comedy. That, that's that post-nuptial agreement's looking better and better. Am I right? It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Back, All right. back to you, sir. <laughs> Well, one of the toughest things about estate planning, obviously, is just convincing people to do it because there are a lot of misconceptions. Listen, if I die, the state will figure it out. I'm dead. I don't care. Right. Well, and, and that, that is part of the thing. And, and that, to be honest, that's a valid stance. You're going to be dead for everything except for your power of attorney and your medical appointment okay you need those if you are 18 years old you need those but as far as what happens when you're dead you're dead like if if you want to not care you i i guess you don't have to but 
<laughs> Let's talk about if maybe you love anyone in your life. <laughs> so <laughs> what the real danger is, is the landscape is changing. Okay. Like back in the day when my dad, my dad uh, has always kind of been the Greg Crater has always kind of been. I thought you were Greg. That's my middle name. Okay. I, I went by that the, <laughs> like the whole first half of my life. And then just one day you're like, yeah, you know what? I bet you Zach has to work like a dog to remember to say bash. Little Greg. <laughs> little Greg. Exactly. Yeah. All like, uh-huh. can you speak that, to Greg? Yep. Big Greg or little Greg? Little Greg. <laughs> if I've been yeah. talking like this, you think I'm talking? Because I was seven. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Um, Aren't you glad you come here to get taken seriously? Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm an attorney. And your barbecue man. <laughs> so, um, thing things were traditionally more simple. Okay, marriage generally lasts until the end of your life. Uh, there were fewer kids that were not a part of some kind of marriage. Okay, you still had that stuff, but it was more stigmatized and it was less common. Nowadays, that's just simply not the case. A lot of families don't last that long. And a lot of families are, they're hybrids. You've got several different kids. Okay. It is a completely different playing field from what the people who give us advice, the people who, you know, we know to trust and they say like, yeah, you know, get in on the bottom level of company, hang out there until, you know, you keep getting promotions. Describing my life. It's going to be real great. You know, you, you're going to marry one girl, you'll both be virgins, and then you'll have a bunch of kids, and you make a will, and you're done. Like, that used to be good advice, and that is increasingly inapplicable. And that's... Is that your dad's voice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my dad and my brothers, or my brother and I all have the same voice on the telephone. It's, it is bizarre. And irrelevant. Estate planning. <laughs> uh, I went to a Cinco de Mayo party right before this. <laughs> and Dakota's parents were there. That's true. And they brought a, this full bottle of tequila. Did they share your, their will with you? <laughs> I, I mean, the we all thing, lost our wills together. But the only <laughs> thing that I know about my parents' will is my dad once told me that he has a, like long-term care insurance. Okay. And he said, even if I fight it, <laughs> put me there. <laughs> okay. These are my wishes. Like, can, I, I mean- <laughs> can I get that on video? I can play it back for you. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> that's thoughtful and that's intelligent. And, yeah. and those are the kind of things that the older generations, we didn't have cell phones. Okay, you went to the grocery store and you bought meat and it was made out of meat. It wasn't made out of meat glue that wasn't listed in the ingredients list. It wasn't made out of hormones. We didn't have to be an expert on every single aspect of our life. You could just kind of live and then you stopped in your attorney's office and it didn't feel like it cost that much. And then you make your plan and then you don't ever worry about that again. Okay, then you go tell your kids like, hey. We had both of you. We got a will. You know, our, our stuff does what it does. We even bought some long-term care insurance, you know, and we're all set and they are all set. And that's great for us. 
We have we have blended families. We have weird. You're things. talking. You're talking about the audience, not the people in the room. We have successful nuclear families That's in this true. room. So I, far, we are not broken homes yet. We can afford to be libertarians. The uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, <laughs> sir. I pulled a Republican ballot. So Is that worse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> means you're two faced. You should be an attorney next. So w- what's going on now is we have a lot more complications. Okay, clients who come to me now, they come in. Uh, a lot of times they're not married yet. They're about to get married. One of them has two prior kids. One of them has one prior kid. Okay. Real Brady bunch stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the norm. And that that's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just, that's what families look like now. And we have to be ready for that. Okay. The old plan of just, well, yeah, you just go in, you make wills that say the same thing, and then it's done. And it's like, well, yeah, except your wife's kids aren't your kids. Okay? Your husband's first child is not the same as the child that you had together. And you have to pay attention to these And you're trying to decide what happens to life insurance policies. You're trying to decide yeah. who's paying for education. All of these is different things. Is your estate going to pay mm-hmm. for my, my stepson's Education. Yep. How how's this going to work out? Exactly. We have those, a those lot are the conversations that you have with somebody. These are the kind of conversations, and they. I mean, yeah, I I get that it seems scary, but it is a lot less scary to just address the thing. You tell me. I'm happy to say we uh, legal technology probably the least exciting cutting edge on earth, but we've got a lot of it now. What I always tell my clients is, okay, first of all, if you're 18 years old, you need a power of attorney and a healthcare appointment. Beyond that, no matter what you want, I can do that for you. And I can do it pretty easily. The question is, how do we do it the most cost-effective way? And I think that's a thing that a lot of people don't understand. You know, they, they get the advice from their, from their parents and grandparents who had simplified lives compared to our cell phones and social media and this kid from a relationship. I don't even remember the, the, my, the mom or dad's name. So, you know, so is it, it, and you're appealing to millennials, right? So if it, yeah, (laughs) we have the Sean Rao student loan conversation constantly, right? Sure. So the average millennial (laughs) may be renting, may own a house has got, Mm-hmm. A crap ton of student loan debt. They yep. say, I don't need all this estate planning stuff because I don't have assets to protect. All I have is debt. Right. Why does that person, why, why should they come see you and say, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to get my power of attorney. I'm going to get my, I'm going to, I'm going to create a will. I'm going to take care of this stuff and line it up. So that's exactly why I contacted you in, in the first place it, to try to spread this message. Recently, I had a friend who passed away. I'm not going to say his name here. Okay. He was an entrepreneur, very intelligent person. He was moving in a lot of directions. He was younger than me. There is a very big difference between moving in directions and having achieved your destination. And we have a terrible mess, a absolutely horrible mess. And it's the kind of thing that I I kick myself every day because he and I talked he and I hung out. We talked about finances. We talked about investments. And I I should have sat him down and made a trust for him. 
He needed a trust. He had enough crazy stuff going on. This could be easy, and it's not. And that's what we are facing, is we're young. Like, our deaths are a long way off. Maybe tonight, but more likely 40, 50, even 60 years in the future. But that's that's just not how life works, and it's not worth rolling the dice. Especially since our lives are not as simple as they used to be. So yeah. how much time and effort does it take to say, to say, hey, Bash, I want to get this knocked out? How much Do I need to take an evening? Do I need, is it a few that's emails? A, see, what kind of involvement are we that's talking That's the comedy about? of it, is it's easy. It's a half-hour meeting. You come in, at, let's do the meeting right now, okay? You come into my office. Dakota and I are a couple. Yep, you fun. guys are All a right. couple, okay? Yep. Uh, make up. First time I met Dakota. Yeah, try to make up a, something that's that's fairly complex, but that isn't. Yeah, we have insane. this struggling right. uh, independent media business. Okay, great. Yep. So it's good to meet you guys. I'm glad you got married. Um, <laughs> he wasn't real happy about it, but I was very excited. <laughs> so let me give you the lay of the land. There's two parts to an estate plan. The first part's the part you don't really think about, but that's debatably the more important part because it's the part you're going to have to suffer through. Now, I need a lot of life insurance on him because he makes a lot more money than me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we know who to bill. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> In this scenario, it is. Okay. I so, take care of the ballpark finances. So. so you're the you're pocketing it before yeah, so. he even knows what you made. All I do is schedule the guests. You're right. <laughs> Talent booker. So the first part is it's it's easy. In and out, I'll explain it and it's over. While you're alive, you need Two versions of protection. You need a general durable power of attorney and you need a healthcare appointment. Okay. So you're in a car wreck. You can't, whatever you're, you're laid up in the hospital. Who's going to pay your bills. Who's going to sue the person who ran into you. Who's going to handle your stuff. Okay. That's your general durable power of attorney. All you got to do, tell me who you trust the most. And I put that on there. Okay. So since you guys are married now, I'll put each of you naming each other. And then you tell me who the next person you trust the most, your mom or your brother or whatever. Second in this story, it's Zach. (laughs) Zach is saddled. All right. So it's each to each other. And then to Zach next healthcare power of attorney. Okay. Same situation. But now the doctor's saying, Hey, do I do this surgery or not? I, I got 10 minutes. What do I do? You each name each other. And then you name Zach. And that's that. There's also the living will as of January that is now a part of the healthcare power of attorney. We just had a new legal update. Uh, is that and, an Indiana thing or a national thing? Uh, Indiana. Okay. Yep. So this is a national show. Just oh. giving, giving advice. Yeah. That's why we only covered Henry County earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the healthcare appointment is the same thing. It's just what do we do about those medical decisions? If you want, you can uh, check the little box that says, I want a living will too. In other words, if I have passed on, but they can fill my lungs with air, they can fill my stomach with food, don't, don't do that to me. Personal choice, up to you. So that's the whole first half. You just need it. It's, it's done. That protects you. It's easy. It's automatic. It's simple. The whole second half is 100% just uh, figuring out the most cost-effective way to transfer your wealth to your mutual children who you will adopt. Well, um, we're hoping for a breakthrough. 
<laughs> CRISPR. <laughs> we thought maybe we'd get involved with, with uh, wall patron Andrew Bowman and somehow somehow he would he would get with his fertility doctor and it was going to work out. Oh, <laughs> wonderful! <laughs> so, anyway, what we say then is, I would then ask you some questions about what do you guys own, and here's how it works. I have a broken microphone. <laughs> okay, excellent. What we want to do for you is either a will plan or we've got some new legal technology that makes it even cheaper. Okay. Advantage of a will. It's cheap. It's easy up front. You don't have to do anything. We don't change ownership. Nothing. You just tell me what you want. I draw up a legally binding document that turns your wishes into commands. You sign it. It's over. Does that get filed with the recorder's office? No. You don't even need to. You just take it home. It's so simple. And then somebody just finds it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then then the child that you have together will go into your desk drawer and pull it out, show up so, in my office and, so and say, hey, my dad's had a will. You have a very robust fireproof safe. Exactly. For those That's all you need, right? Just an old wooden desk. Uh-huh. <laughs> or say you own a bunch of stuff. Okay. So now we're looking at this and we're saying, okay, it's going to be cheap and easy right now, but in order to transfer, you know, four properties, we're talking houses, maybe some investment accounts, maybe, yeah. maybe your IRAs or 401ks. You're up into the maybe, maybe 300, like, $500,000 range. Okay? So this maybe. is when we start thinking about this is when you're a half millionaire. Exactly. Well, if you like purchase a lot of stuff for a studio, for a podcast, <laughs> and you want to make sure that that podcast keeps going after you die. It, okay. Yeah. Then, so you yeah, want, you you're want. talking about a trust. You're talking right. about some version of not just, I want to pass it on. I want to, I, I have things that I got going and I need them to keep going. Or I have a bunch of farmland or I have, you know, like I said, $300,000 worth of assets. Now we're probably talking about a trust. Trust is more expensive up front. It's a little more work. We have to actually move everything into the trust. But then the nice thing is after you pass, we don't have to deal with what we would deal with with a will, which is we have to send it to the court. We got to get it confirmed. We got to notify all your creditors that, hey, he's gone. Does he owe you money? We, we skip all of that. And that's the advantage of a trust. What is just insane now is we keep coming up with ways to, with essentially middle ground. Okay. Now we have versions. This is a, this is a big comedy. Um, so transfer on death deeds came out a couple years ago. What it is, is it's a way that you can uh, deed your house that says, I still own my house. 100%. I can burn it down. I can build onto it. I do whatever I want. But if I own it, when I die, then it automatically goes to this person. Don't bother with the will. Don't tell the court. Don't tell my creditors. Don't tell anybody. It just moves. It just, bam. It is owned by my kid. Okay? So it's it's a powerful. No, no tax consequences in that transaction? None. Okay. Indiana, by the way, Indiana finally got rid of its inheritance tax. We don't all have to move to Florida anymore. Mm, good to go. Yeah, awesome. We can stay here with our wonderful, cold, dark winters. <laughs> Cha-ching! You were all looking for an excuse to keep dealing with this, right? So, I'm a Hoosier for tax purposes. That's, <laughs> that's what Bash tells us now. 
So, Certainly not the gas tax. <laughs> um, so we we have that new piece of technology, and that, that's part of the comedy. Is ever since that came out, that has been. Whenever my dad goes and talks at places, that's his big talking point. It's like, okay, how do okay. you know you're time out? Time yeah. out. When he talks at place, you mean four o'clock diners? Yes. Oh okay. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's no offense if you're a geriatric, but it it's, they're not watching this. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> it's too late in the evening. Um, <laughs> uh, I have infinite respect for you, and I'm very happy to help you. With Bash this. really hopes he makes it as far as you did. Go team. Yeah, exactly. My goal is to become you. All right, uh, but specifically <laughs> to all his original hair and teeth. Yeah. So part of the comedy is uh, Dad for now a couple of years has been going around, and that's been his big thing. It's like, how do you know your estate planner's good enough? Uh, Half the people who come in here think they need wills. So, and we tell them, you don't need a will, and we give them this this deed. So if we're looking at the Better Call Science, uh, Saul timeline, you're in season two of your career. Yes. You're, you're into the estate planning portion. I am now. So, uh, you know, what? That, that's probably a good thing to point out since the last time I was on here. I was a barbecue chef. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's do a quick recap. So I went to law school. Um, largely because I was fascinated by what my dad did. I actually, my college, I double majored in theoretical mathematics and theoretical computer science. Uh, so data structures. If I were in college right now, I would have been studying blockchains. Anyway, uh, that I was burning out on that, and I was fascinated by what my dad did. He was an estate planner. And when I found out that the uh, LSAT to get into law school is a bunch of logic puzzles, it was just like, hell yeah, this is this is what I was made for. So I went to law school. I uh, I it's supposed to be three years. I graduated in two and a half, and I focused on estate planning. I got into the practice, and I got to do a little bit of that, but primarily what I was doing again. Uh, we talked about it with Michael Mahoney was I was uh, stuck in a big public defense contract and I was doing a bunch of custody stuff. Not loving it. Not loving it. Uh, I mean, frankly, it was soul annihilating. I, that is just, some people are built for that. I was not, I don't, I don't fight people. I build things. There's nothing I love more than when somebody comes into my office and says, Hey, I, I think this is a crazy situation. I got two kids, but one of them's not mine, and we're getting married, and she's got four kids, and we just and I can say, hey, listen, let me do some math problems. Let me educate you. Okay, now you don't have to worry about this. All right, cost less than you expected. It took less time than you expected. Your, your it, stuff those, is solved. We don't have to get into specifics, but if we're talking just ranges, yeah, super basic. If you're talking about a will package, you're talking about under $600. I mean, that's it. Like if, if you, if you have something nuts going on and admittedly inflation right now, like I'm, I've been wrestling with this. It's oh, this is, he's building urgency. This is the sales part where he says, but if you call by Friday, but if you call by Friday, you can still get it for $500, $500 folks. Uh, <laughs> no mention boss hog for the $25 <laughs> off coupon, but, um, but only by Friday <laughs> in a will package, we're talking about wills. We're talking about handling what, wherever it is going for your family, plus powers of attorney for both of you, uh, medical powers of attorney for both of you. Okay. You're talking about $600 or less. 
the the meetings are literally as long as it takes for you to understand. Usually they're less than a half an hour. If you have a bunch of questions, I'm happy to answer them. Like part of the re- part of what you're paying for is taking care of your family. Part of what you're paying for is the peace of mind of knowing like, hey, I made the right decision. Should I have gotten that special deed? Yes or no. You know, like I'm more than happy to talk to everybody and and hash it out. But that's that's what we're talking about. This is not it's what that's about the price of like replacing all of your tires if you have a nice car. Where and you get tires, man. They're like twelve hundred bucks a set. Are they? Yeah, I bought three sets last year. It yeah, was it's horrific. Haley's well, then maybe that's the situation. Haley ran over a nail a couple of months ago, and Jeremiah buys very premium tires, and also he <laughs> buys them with great urgency because he buys them while camping a couple hours from home. Oh, there we go. Check so, one last question before <laughs> yeah. we move on to cryptocurrency. Absolutely. Um, is why am I, why should I go see you for a few hundred dollars whenever I can just sign up for legal zoom okay. and then go to the bank and have a public notary do it? That is a good question. Boy, Dakota and, and the gotchas. Yeah. You're tough. Did, I, you, did you just do seven, seven interviews with politicians in a row? <laughs> those zingers? Dakota wins. Get on the internet. So I have word. Why do I need you? <laughs> Let me give the internet as much credence as I can. They are developing AI, actual artificial intelligence, that will someday, it'll, it will take over contract law. Okay? 10 years from now, 15 years from now, my, my job uh, as far as creating the contracts uh, might be obsolete. That is not where we are right now. The way that those websites do things is it's, it's literally Mad Libs. What are the names of your kids? What is your name? And then they fill in the blanks and they give you back a document. Okay. The important part is the plan. That whole thing about my dad going around and telling everybody like, Hey, everybody thinks they need a will, but half of them just need this deed. Well, that that's true. Half of them need that deed for the other half. That deed will screw things up. If your children are not adults, if you have more than three children, if any of your children have judgments against them, that deed will wreck their lives. Okay, The important thing is not the document. The important thing is not the thing you downloaded. The important thing is that you went and you met with an attorney. Not just any attorney, but an attorney who, who does some version of estates, okay? who has handled it, who can say, hey, uh, yes, you're allowed to say, on my power of attorney, I want my son and my daughter, but the banks won't recognize it. You're legally allowed, but the banks will turn you down. That's what you're paying for. Okay. You don't have to go become an expert. And that's, that's the big thing is people, people now are coming into my office and apologizing. People our age are like, Hey, I'm used to having to like do six hours of research just so I can go to the grocery store and buy meat that's actually made out of meat. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not an estate planning expert. And it's like, it's fine. If you get on the internet, you need to be an expert. Okay. If you're just going to get on legal zoom and download a document, you could be destroying your children's lives or go to an attorney who knows what they're talking about. Just tell them what you want. 
And that's the thing is a good estate planner will say to you, Hey, in, uh, I had this the other day, somebody came in, they were asking about a TOD deed, but their children were young. And that means we need to establish a guardianship for them. And that means we need a will. Okay. I don't expect them to research the heck out of wills and then TOD deeds and then find the exception about, well, wait, what happens to a child who is not 18 yet, who's supposed to inherit things and it goes into a court appointed guardianship and then it falls into their lap when they like, no, I, I did that crap. So you don't have to just come in and talk to me. It is so much cheaper than you would expect. It is so much easier than you. And, so and you, that's you don't have to be rich, right? That's that's the, the no, point. You're no. you're doing. It, I love Henry County, yeah. but Bash is practicing and earning a living in Henry County, Indiana. Yep, probably affordable to the audience, right? But that that's kind of the thing is you go to Fishers, and for <laughs> we've had to correct a lot of trusts that came out of Fishers, but they cost ten times what they cost here. I will give you better documents for one tenth of the price. As in Fishers. That's not true everywhere. All right. If if you're in Fishers, maybe that is a tough decision. Maybe you do need to get on the internet and really figure out what on earth is going on. Take yourself to law or you school. Can just drive to Henry County. Or you just drive to Henry County. Yeah. And that that's kind of the We can't do this over Zoom. <laughs> well, you know what? I I do actually do it over Zoom now. <laughs> but that was one of the big things. When I first got here, before the internet was a thing. That was my big thing was like, we need to talk to the, we got to go help the people in Fishers. Not everyone on Geist Reservoir, well, maybe everyone on Geist Reservoir, but not everyone in that area is so shockingly rich that they can spend $15,000 on a trust. We need to help them. Well, then the internet showed up and was like, hey, all this stuff's going to be super I gotcha. cheap. You know? And yeah. so- and millennials, you know, for the older folks, like they've made their money that, you know, they can afford this stuff. They can, they can do it however they want to do it. For us, we are caught in that we're, we're caught between like, Hey, everything else is DIY. We're pretending DIY is like somehow good. Like the gig economy, like, Hey, you're not getting paid enough to live, but you can give up your nights and weekends and drive pizzas to people because you're a hustler. And it's like, no, you're getting taken advantage of, but that's our lives. All right. I'm going to order a will on DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we think that it is on us to just break our backs to solve every problem. It is not. And, and in Henry County, at least, we charge about the same as. Legal Zoom, like save 50 bucks on legal Zoom, screw your kids or go to an actual estate planning attorney, you know, 20 bucks more, 50 bucks more, maybe a hundred bucks more. And you can rest easy at night. You did the right thing. You solved it. And the other big thing is even if something crazy goes wrong, if you had an estate planner, do your will, your kids, they sue that estate planner and they get paid. If you went to legal Zoom, no no attorney ever even looked at your will. You are on the hook. That is on you. You screwed it up. All right. One last question revolving yep. our millennials. Yeah. You take Venmo? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Just just use the private setting. <laughs> yeah. 
I get on that for tax purposes. I see the craziest stuff. <laughs> I put goofy stuff on Venmo when I Venmo people. That's what I, I do. Just, yeah, just eggplants but everywhere. One thing, uh-huh. one thing I'll say but what, before we move on is that uh, two things, and this is a thing for like our generation, though, speaking to our parents, um, especially if there's like blended family situations, don't ever assume that the people in your family who you think are good now will still be good in the after somebody's death because I don't know if anybody's ever been around a family where somebody dies and there's assets pure but like families turn on each other and it'll ruin them mm-hmm. and also in the case of like and blended families are a thing now for like kid, kids our age a lot of our parents like don't assume that if you, like if that your step parent even though they might not have been a step parent necessarily because you were an adult when the marriage happened is going to look out for you getting some part of your parents estate after they passed away. Cause that's a story you hear a lot is that like everything moved on in a fa- and a famous story. I'll give just a famous one is like Dale Earnhardt jr. Got like nothing of his dad's personal effects when his dad died because his mom didn't, his new wife just didn't care. His stepmom. His stepmom. So, that's a, that's a very public example. So don't ever assume that the people you think are going to take care of everybody, like you want to take care of them, talk to an attorney and lock that down so you know that they're taken care of. Yeah. Because people become ugly versions of themselves when there's money to be had. That's, so that is so true, so, Zach. So yeah. do county government. So I'll be jaded. I'll be, I'll be the jaded <laughs> one. But like you, you see that you hear that with people, and then yep, then people would probably roll in their graves to find out how their own family treated. Each other, each other after those situations so that that is true zach and it, and it is not just it's it's not just simply that people are eviler than you realize death screws people up it's like a fight or flight response yeah, it i is. think it is yeah. and, and they're like yeah so they don't know what to do they're just trying to deal with something they can't comprehend it's it's just so much easier if you've got it locked in place hey the kids are taken care of move on all right yeah, you promised us a uh, fourth grade version of what <laughs> hey, yeah. blockchain is. So, all right, want to hear about it? Jesse Riddle bought us both crypto wallets we, we, for Christmas. We all got crypto wallets. Say <laughs> a uh, flash drive. All right, let's right. talk about what cryptocurrency is. What it's my Dogecoin. Even more basic, what the blockchain is. Okay, yeah, it is. There's an argument between whether it's a data structure or a database, but here's how it works. Okay. Blockchain is a ledger. All right. So uh, let's, let's do an analogy. Diamond comes from a diamond mine. You get the paperwork, right? You buy a, a diamond ring. Maybe you're getting, maybe you two are getting married. You got a diamond ring. Uh, involved. Bad news. It's over. There was a falling out. There's a falling out. We were unable to conceive. Then you need new estate plans. We got to make two new wills, all right? (laughs) Um, Now it's going to cost us twice as much, three times as much. We paid once. Now we've separated and we both need new paperwork. That's $1,800 out the door You better believe it. Hey, those are your expenses. You might need that medical power of attorney, too. (laughs) Yeah. My turn is Sean Rao now. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. You've got... The diamond is mine. The first piece of paper is created and it says uh, diamond X mined on this date. Uh, it's still in the ore. This is the company that owns it. This is how we got it. Okay. That is the first 
node on the blockchain. This Bitcoin was mined on this date by this computer, etc. The second piece of paper in the Diamonds file says it was sold to this foundry on this date for this amount at this quality. That's the second node in the blockchain. It was sold to uh, what, or it was sent to this wallet for zero dollars. Third piece of paper in the diamonds file says it was smelted down. It is now this quality, this value, etc. It's owned by this person. That's the third node in the blockchain. That's all that it is. Does that make sense? You're, it is. You're simply accounting for yeah, an it, item. It's a ledger. It's kind of like a car title. Yeah. You'll see a car title will have the signatures of everybody who's owned the car. Yep. So the, what is confusing is with a car title, that is the ledger for a car. It's the ledger for a different object. In the blockchain, imagine that the car title is somehow a part of the car. Okay. In other right. words, uh, right there on the fender, it says built by Ford on this date. Right. And then the first thing on the hood is sold to this person on this date. Okay. That's all the blockchain is. That is all that it is. It is digital ledgers that are divided up by transaction. Here's how it was created. Here's the next step. Here's the next step. Here's the next owner, the next owner. Right. And that makes sense to a lot of people for financial transactions. Like, it kind of the like blockchain blockchain maybe i'm wrong on this but i think that blockchain technology was kind of born out of the fact that like it, online banking was very ins- like it was not a secure method of transferring money from one person to another so then you started having third party apps like we were talking about with venmo mm-hmm. step in to fill that role and blockchain technology takes that a step further with the anonymity, but also with the cryptocurrency, which is very much integral to anonymity in itself in the financial realm. So the question is like, how can, how can this technology be moved anywhere outside of the financial realm? I mean, we kind of see it with NFTs, right? Because mm-hmm. NFT would be like a digital artwork and you're tracing the ownership of something, right? Yep. But I, I don't know that, I don't know that that is real. I think that the NFT is a, a bubble. I don't oh, think well. it's actually going to take off. Let's put, in my personal opinion, I don't think that the metaverse is actually going to be something that we're like, look at my ape hanging up in my digital bedroom. Let's put a pin in NFTs. Let's come back to that. Because before we address NFTs, um, you're exactly right. And you're more than right. So Bitcoin was developed by a person or group or government or company. We're not sure. Satoshi is an anonymous entity. It created Bitcoin... Based on, first of all, blockchain technology, which is is simply a data structure. Uh, and then uh, it kind of took into account money theory, various versions of like, okay, well, what makes a, a currency work, right? It has to be uh, right. fungible. You have to have 
millions of units that all work the exact same way. No dollar is worth more than any other dollar. Okay. It has to be easily transferable. Uh, there are six points that make a currency. I, I didn't memorize them and it, it's not that important to talk about each one, but they created that. All right. And they made Bitcoin. Bitcoin then came out at exactly the right time because we had the big bank heist. Okay. The big, uh, 2008, 2010, where the, the, the banks lost value. Exactly. And this is, this is where I struggle with cryptocurrency because at that time it was okay. Instead of using dollars, we say, Hey, we're going to transition over to, you can use this digital, digital form of payment. And I'm a great old Jeremiah now. Mm-hmm. It was, this is how you're going to pay for stuff, right? It's going to be, you're going to buy, you're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show up and I'm going to buy a, 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 an MP3 from you for one Bitcoin because they were, they were dirt cheap at the yep, time. They were dirt cheap. So I'm going to, I'm going to pay you in cryptocurrency. I'm going to buy this from you for one Bitcoin. Cool. Makes sense. And then somewhere in the last five years, the, it became just a place to put your money and make money off of it. Yes. So instead of I'm going to use it for transactions and I'm going to buy stuff from it with it, it became a speculative investment. Yes. Just like buying into gold bars or buying into stock in AMC movie theaters. Yep. So we've had this transact, this switch where it's like, oh, you could have bought Bitcoin. It would have been worth this. It's like buying Microsoft in 1984 versus what it could be now and you'd be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole damn point of the thing was for you to spend it. Right, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have some sort of cryptocurrency. You're gonna get off of dollars, and you're going to function with this. And the, this disconnect is where I've struggled with it because it's like I don't want it. I, you know, there's still a trust in the American people in the U.S. dollar, in the world in the U.S. dollar. Who everything in crypto is just wildly speculative still, where you don't know where the market actually is. Yep. One Bitcoin one day is eighty thousand dollars, the next day it's forty seven thousand dollars. So all of a sudden your value changed by half depending upon when you got that. It's like it'd be like getting your paycheck on a Thursday and you got paid eight hundred dollars. Cool. Well now next week I got paid four hundred dollars. Well, how the hell am I gonna pay my bills? Right. Right. That's the, that's the struggle I have right. is that if it's going to function, but at some point as during a the week currency, it was sixteen hundred dollars, right. and you missed that, right? You missed the window. Now you're screwed, and you can't pay your water bill. Yep, like it's it's so volatile that it doesn't function as a currency effectively. Jeremiah, if there's one thing that I want to convey today, it is, and I mean this is related to. Everyone coming into my office thinking they are supposed to be an expert or that they are somehow deficient because they don't already know if they need a will or a trust or a TODD. You're exactly right. Like, that's not you misunderstanding it. Bitcoin instantaneously failed in its premise. Okay? That's not a currency. And it can never be a currency so long as it is so volatile. What it became immediately was a product. A commodity. A commodity. Yeah. This is anti-intellectualism. Okay? You have computer science people. The guys I went to school with. All right? And I drank a lot of beers with those guys when we were in those classes. Okay? It's like, yeah, they're really smart when it comes to designing programs. But that's not what they're trying to design here. They're trying to design the financial revolution. They hit some chords and they missed some chords. Every version of cryptocurrency gets closer to it. Okay, now we have things like Algorand. 
Algorand. So if you want to, if I want to send you some Bitcoin, it's going to cost a lot of money. And we've gotten into fractional trading of this too, because a Bitcoin exactly. is worth as much as a, yeah. as a as a new Chevy Tahoe. Yeah, no one's buying a or Bitcoin a, a, a GMC Denali purchasable by uh, over at Andy Moore Buick GMC. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's it has already fallen apart. But again, we are so trained to think that we're supposed to know everything, but we don't. I read some study about uh, our generation. Uh, perceives adult as a as like a, a set of things that people do and the majority of our generation perceives themselves as failing to live up failing to adult i know that we joke about it in memes you know about adulting is telling yourself the next week's going to be better every week of your life and and things like that but that actually affects us okay we go around doubting ourselves in the wrong ways, but then also having bizarre confidence in ourselves in equally wrong ways. But the thing of it is you're exactly right. Okay. This is not a disruptive technology. This is just another data structure. It's no different from arrays or stacks or queues. Okay. It's, it's all the stuff that I learned about in computer science. It's just, how do we store data? Okay. Arrays, stacks, queues, they, have changed your life in so many ways you can't even imagine. And you don't notice because they honestly don't matter. It's just, how do we store the stuff? How do we make sure that, that it's listed? That's what this is. It's a ledger. It's not even a categorically better ledger than other things. It is entirely open source code. That's why your bank won't ever use it. I can always look at the blockchain. I don't know who owns each Bitcoin wallet, but I can tell you exactly which Bitcoin wallet has paid what to whom. You can see which wallets have the most. Exactly. Yeah. That's why Citizen State Bank won't switch over to a blockchain system. That's the horror of the metaverse. If somebody figures it out, it's like you could you could dock somebody and say, hey, oh yeah, Bash has got 82,000 Bitcoins. We switch over and we put, we put our... Uh, uh, we put our social media on open source coding. I go take a picture of your house and I yeah. post it on your thing. No matter what, you can bury it, but you cannot delete it. That's, that is, uh, we didn't talk about it, but that's an aspect of uh, with the blockchain. Every time you finish a paper and move to the next paper in the file, the first paper is encoded, encrypted, and lasts forever. So anyway, that's that's why I wanted to start with the definition. People are trying to sell us on all of these fascinating things. It's the it's the revolution. It is that's why I keep getting bothered, is because you hear, oh, this would Twitter would be revolutionized if it was ran on blockchain technology. That doesn't make sense to me at all. Right. In my understanding of what blockchain is, like right. you said, are you saying that the tweets are, I don't know, I don't know. Are they attached to a person, like an IP address? They would be part logged? of a blockchain. It, that, that's it. It's simply just you'd always be able to see who made that tweet when. And does that mean that Twitter's software would be open source? I don't get it. I don't understand. If they wanted to become completely blockchain, then that at least the accounting portion would have to become open source. 
presumably they could still have their, you know, whatever data structure runs it, whatever structure analyzes the code and presents it. Which doesn't make any financial sense. But yeah, it's, it's the appeal of the blockchain is it creates tokens. Okay. It creates nodes, which Mm. means it's easily monetizable. All right. Mm. I can now sell you. Yeah. Hey, you remember when I sold you a thing? That's a thing I can sell you. And at the moment, we're buying it. That's what a Bitcoin is. A Bitcoin is, hey, somebody mined a thing and then I sold it to you. It's just a ledger that says that. So right. let's, 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 let's hit define NFL. the mining side. Okay. When you say mining, that's you are literally keeping the ledger on your own equipment at home and you're using your resources. And then as compensation, you get paid a little fraction of this digital currency. Yes, more or less. So what is happening? I'm going to give you two definitions. One of them, we're going to get a little bit technical, but we're also going to pull out. The other one is the important thing that I want you to remember. Okay. So technically what is happening is uh, every every Bitcoin transaction, let's say I'm mining Bitcoin. Every Bitcoin transaction requires computing process power. Okay. We got to make a new node and that node requires encryption. It requires a lot of data because it has to log all the previous nodes, et cetera. Okay. So my computer and any other mines are running those computations as quickly as they can. The computations are artificially difficult, which is part of money theory. Okay, that was that. Don't think too much about that. That's just what makes Bitcoin so that you can't just make a billion Bitcoins. Okay, it's artificially difficult. We can't just print right. print money. Yeah. So I'm running these processes. Someone else is running these processes. Whoever gets there first gets a reward of some Bitcoins. And that's that. So you're competing against others. Exactly. So, uh, that's that's the the more technical definition. The way that it works practically, okay, if you build a mine, you download Kudo Miner and you start mining, essentially the way that it works is you are donating your processing power and you're getting rewarded for it. It's like if Citizen State Bank said, hey, we don't have enough computers. Dakota, you keep track of our bank accounts. And you said, I have a great big hard drive. And then they just kept some of their stuff on your computer and paid you rent. I have a technical right. question. Yeah. How much data does a computer go through? Like, if you have a Comcast connection, you have a, you have a metered, you know, they say, hey, you've got 30 gigabytes or whatever the hell it is in a month, 100 gigabytes, and that's what you can use. Are we, are we talking about like, like it's like essentially like you're streaming video all day kind of using data or is it, is it not that bad? Honestly, I don't know. I have two mines or two mining rigs. And I do not, uh, I, I have an unlimited data plan. Right. And I'm not terribly interested in figuring out <laughs> what it would cost me to pay per data. Um, because they are large files. I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. Cause I know here in town, right? If you have Metronet wide open, no limits, no bar, whatever you're <laughs> right. good. You got Metronet, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Yep. You get Comcast and it's like, Hey, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're out of data. Like yes. you're, you're shit out of luck. I use Metronet. Yeah. Um, if you, 
I mean, if you were going to go out and try to build like a, a mine, like the things, you, the things we see pictures of, right. you know, like your old hometown. Yep. Yeah. The old uh, Alcoa metals facility in uh, Northern New York has got just this cavernous building. They used to have blast furnaces in and it's designed to, as a heat sink yep. uh, with incredibly cheap hydroelectric power. This, this building is a, is a monster. It's an old uh, aluminum mill and now it's used for mining Bitcoin. Yep. Okay. So I, I Googled it. And so as much as Google could be accurate, it says it's not actually a lot of data use. It's the actual power that you're using to run the processing. That makes sense. So it's like, it says that you're using, let's see here, about 115 megabits per hour. So about 2.7 gigabits per day, which isn't a lot, but I think yeah, what I've heard is it's actually, it's more like your electrical bill running the computer. Yeah. That was yeah. going to be my question. Cause that's, that's right, Zach. And that, that is one of the limiting factors of mines. That's why you don't see mines in large cities. Okay. That, that's why the mines, you put it next to the power source. Yeah. They chase the power sources. They chase the governments with the flimsy infrastructures. Uh, and at the moment, the world is kind of covered in dead mines. Uh, for a while, China, uh, didn't seem to care. And we had a lot of mines go up in China and then China made a big crackdown. There was a big slowdown in the Bitcoin blockchain system. It all of a sudden it took a lot longer and cost a lot more to send your Bitcoin back and forth until somebody else picked up the slack. Tell them seen in New York. Yeah, exactly. And, and we have these giant just boxes all over the world of these dead uh, burned out mines. Hmm. So that's the main thing that I want to so, convey is th- so are this you is telling an me you've got like a $1,200 a month electric bill. Yeah. So, all right, let, let's talk about if you want like, to, is Dakota, are you the reason Dakota so damn busy on show nights? Yeah. Because you're every you're, single you're, night, you're he's joint. over just yeah. repairing my one line. Yeah, this guy must have a uh-huh. weed farm. <laughs> he just stands outside of my building with a little uh, <laughs> with a fire extinguisher. I wonder if law enforcement has crashed a house thinking they're going to get a big weed operation. <laughs> it's just a nerd mine. with a server just <laughs> processing. His like, house is always ninety four degrees. He's like, I don't even dream. Like, like, they're buzzing with a helicopter. And there's like a room just glowing red under infrared. And it's just like not my mind. Yeah, of course. The, yeah, the dogs. The dogs kill the Bitcoin mine. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and destroy your destroy it. Yep. So. Of course, you'd need a good family planning attorney that can sue the cops when that happens. Exactly. I will say there's not a lot of overlap right now between crypto and. Okay. Are you okay? Do you have yeah. a moment? No, I, I had a moment. <laughs> I just had a moment. One of the other things that frustrates me about uh, all the cryptocurrency, it is taxed as an appreciable asset. Yeah, it's, All right. it's taxed, at, taxed as a commodity. Yeah, as libertarians, you guys can can rail against the government about this one. Uh, it's only if you report it, though. Yeah. Only if you report it. I, who owns crypto? Not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's like Coinbase didn't send me any kind of tax forms. Robinhood did. <laughs> who got in really early on Dogecoin and then sold it all before the bust? Not me. I I will say I will say <laughs> I made thirty five thousand dollars on Dogecoin, and that's a lot more than I made. 
like a zero more. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say that just to clarify because, all right, I gave a speech about this um, at uh, the chamber. Yeah. The, the chamber, chamber of commerce. They had, they had an event. I gave a speech. Uh, people came up to me afterwards and I had three groups of people. All of them listened to the same speech. I had a number of people who came up and said, thank you for explaining that. I just didn't understand what it was. I had a group of people who came up and said, you've got, we got to sit down. We're having dinner. All right. What is in your head's got to get in my, you are right. This is the revolution. We are taking it to the moon. You got to help me. We are going to make billions off of this. Crypto. And I, and the third group said, I am so glad you said what you said. I knew this was a scam. My stupid nephew keeps buying NFTs and I'm glad that you told me that it's a scam. Okay. Everybody is just like it. Again, it is monetizable. It's Chuck E. Cheese tokens that you can exchange for speedy rewards points or B-dubs blazing points. Okay. And as a result, Everybody has found a way to squeak a little bit of cash out. And that is what is coloring all of this. And as a result, we're all only hearing what we want to hear. Everybody who's big into banking, who didn't notice, didn't notice when the banks sold us bad mortgages and then took our tax money home is going around saying, ah, these stupid millennials, they think they're going to, because that's just what they want to hear. And everybody who, you know, got three jobs and every single one of those jobs offers them 10 hours a week at $7 an hour. And despite three jobs, they can't, they can't buy food is saying, okay, God damn it. I'm going to the moon. I like, I took my dad's advice. Everyone is apparently an idiot. Everyone's abandoned me. I'm buying this and I'm going to the moon. Okay. Like we are all so desperate to believe whatever we want to believe about this magic. And that's what I want to convey is this is not magic. This is not a revolution. This is a new data structure. It keeps track of stuff. It doesn't really work for banks. It does work for other things. This will probably get employed in Ticketmaster. Your tickets will probably go on the blockchain. That's fine. And governments aren't a super big fan of it because it can has ways of getting around some taxation. It's got some ways of getting around taxation, but also they are taxing it. And potentially it has ways to be used without people seeing what you're buying. Uh, some. It, it's what's called pseudonymous. And what that means is we can always see what wallet paid for something, but we don't know who owns that wallet. So you want to get on there and do a bunch of sex trafficking – as long as nobody knows that you own that wallet, you can get away with it. But if that wallet can be traced to you, you're screwed. Then it's all over. Yeah. Yep. That's, right. how, that's how NFTs I work. Have Dakota is bailing on us. All right, Zach, we're going to start to work into the. Uh, he had an extra. He had an extra beer tonight. Can you tell? He's, I he's, dis- he's disappeared. <laughs> Real men can hold it, sir. Zach, you got the big weekend coming up. What? Uh, what do you got? Do you have any final thoughts? Any questions on on this stuff from uh, from Bash? Well, I kind of want to hear his comments on NFTs because NFTs are that that's one thing I struggle with. Understand? I guess that it's you, like money. There's like people. If people want to put value in something and pay for something, then good for them. I guess. I do wonder what like, MF, NFTs like. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Some famous IndyCar drivers told Zach to buy a digital moose. No, I only. <laughs> no, the, the the interesting thing was like the initial NFTs that came up. 
were like art, mm-hmm. but you didn't own the art, right? Really, you didn't own the rights to the art, correct? But you're, but you, I guess you, you did own, you should own, yeah, somehow you owned it, but the ownership of that held no rights. Yep. And I was like, that seems like it's worthless to me. But there, but people were paying me money. And then you saw kind of a flip side where with the guy, the founder of Twitter sold his first tweet as an NFT and he made like millions and then he resold it for Ukraine relief. And the guy, or no, the guy tried, he sold it for millions. Then that guy tried to resell it. And I think he got like an offer of like three hundred dollars after he bit like two and a half million or something for it. Full, yeah, like, yeah, I think full penny off. Yeah, the the founder sold it for Ukraine relief or some relief. It was charity. He donated it to charity. Yep. And then the other guy's like, "Oh, I'm going to flip this," and he asked for like four point eight million. I think he paid two point six, and he got an offer of like what thirty seven dollars or something. Like it was some awful thing. And you're like, okay, this shows that that's not really actually like worth anything. So that's the hard part, I guess, because I was, hey. I was the, the closest comparison I could come up with was like at Barrett Jackson, where they'll sell you the rights to the first of a car. Yep. But you get a car <laughs> and with NFTs, you just don't get yet. And there's a bunch of indie car drivers who've gotten <laughs> moose. They bought these digital moose in the metaverse, but they didn't get to choose what their moose looked like. They just uh, got, they paid for them. And then like a couple months later, they said, Hey, here's your moose. Yeah. And I'm just like, are you a I, fan of the uh, people? Oh yeah, the uh, the big ape is the ape artist. No, he's not the ape artist. People uh, is a uh, artist that for like he's made a like lot of NFTs. Two thousand and twelve, yeah. he's been making digital art every day. Yep. of the year, he's literally not taken a day off for the past ten years of making a piece of digital artwork every day and just putting it on social media. And then all of a sudden, NFTs happened, <laughs> and he's like, oh. I can make make money. Now this is worth something. So he's the first NFT billionaire from selling his digital artwork. I just don't understand. Like if you buy something, if you don't actually own. So Zach, you do this just, just like what I said to Jeremiah, trust what you are thinking. Yeah. There's a a lack of common sense to some of you're an analytical human. Okay. So here, here is what an NFT is. Let's, let's do the fourth grade, uh, definition of it left brain to the rescue yeah so uh you have you have blockchains right they are ledgers each item in the blockchain each node is its own ledger why don't we instead of just making a bitcoin be a ledger for itself why don't we make them be a ledger for something else that's what an nft is it's a ledger for a link Links can't hold much information. That's why you have these tiny little pictures of apes or a picture of a car or a a serial number or a license plate number. Okay. That is at its core. What is conveyed by an NFT is a link, a link that just like everything else in the internet is subject to link rot. You can buy an NFT. And then if that server just shuts down, then just like if you try to go to the old, Angel Fire homepage of analysis of uh, Ridley Scott's original Alien movie. It'll just say dead link. Who you ha- the, you own is, nothing. Oh God, the first hot internet website was this. Uh, this is before Dakota was born. Uh, there was a comet. Uh, there was a, co- a group of. Uh, hang on. Uh, okay. Uh, While you're gay? looking that up, <laughs> let me say a couple of quick other things. Uh, Zach, it is extra legal. 
Okay, that means that it exists outside of the law. In other words, if you buy a house from me, we go record it. That is a that's a legal document. It it has certain legal requirements. It is recorded with the recorder's office, and even though yeah, you have the uh, you have possession over the property, you also have the legal ownership of that thing. With an NFT, you do not. You literally just have a ledger that says you paid for that link. And that's a big deal is I can make an, I can mint an NFT, sell it to you. I can remint it, sell it to Jeremiah. I can remint it, sell it to Zach and the law will do nothing. I've determined the NFT I would pay for. All right, let's see this. And it's the NFT for the heaven's gate website. <laughs> the, the website still exists. Zach, you can pull it up over on your, uh, on your yeah, screen as well. Surviving member. I'm pretty it, sure it if I pull it up, I get it on a list. <laughs> I didn't know it looked that convincing. They, uh, these guys all they all killed themselves. Is when it the too hail, late? <laughs> when Not the, all of them. They when, left one behind. Obviously, one person still paying the bills. <laughs> yeah. The Hale-Bopp comet flew on by the Earth, and that was the moment they had to kill themselves so <sighs> they could get on the comet and live forever. These dudes, these dudes, castrated themselves. <laughs> that's the you know hard how big ass. of a believer you got to yeah. be. Oh, yeah. Good, good for them because that's a level of dedication. Just like I see it. people do some things, I'm like, you know what? I'm never that going to be that person. And yeah. you know what? It's people who self castrate, I'm never going to be that. <laughs> no, no, no. Voluntarily to be they castrated, self castrate. They drove to Mexico and found a doctor that would do it. Oh, oh! Yeah. that's even better. So it was done with like a rusty knife that they'd poured like some bad Put some purell hand sanitizer on dakota was alive march 26 1997 the san diego sheriff's department discovered the bodies of 39 active members of the group they There's killed themselves they killed themselves in a mass ritual suicide as the uh as the comet hale bop was uh, was passing by the earth i wonder if the ritual was entertaining <laughs> Like, was it a dance? Sadly, they did it. Or no. Sadly, in 1997, they couldn't live stream it, so we don't never know. They literally just ate poison and laid down on cots. Ah. But yes, the the website. This is what the internet looked like when you were just a boy. To their, their cots were there. I know. I used to. I took an HTML programming class. This was this was yeah. a website you would access with your with your dial up. Here's how you post a JPG. So yes, <laughs> if if we could just only. Yeah. Only get an NFT of the heavens, heavensgate.com. Huh. That would be the one I'm all in. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but the Heavensgate logo, um, there's a lock. Like it looks like an old fashioned mm. lock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jeremiah's got it up. I see it. it lo- yeah. So they were unlocking the gate to heaven by committing suicide in order to catch a ride on the comet wow. that. It wasn't actually they were riding on a comet. There was a spaceship that was hiding behind the comet. Oh. The spaceship was using the comet as, like, a, a disguise. Spaceships. Like they were, you just they can't were trust them. behind it, and they yeah. were going to go to the alien if civilization. If you study the material on this website, you will hopefully understand our joy and what our purpose here on Earth has been. You may even find your, quote-unquote, boarding pass to leave with us during this brief window. Oh, boy. Boarding pass. Wow, Zach, I'm so happy you asked the NFT question. Only accepts dead people. Or Venmo. Um, If this happened today, the... the, We'd have millions dead. Yeah, well, it would all be (laughs) NFTs. It would just be, you need this NFT in order to get onto the thing. Yeah, they wouldn't be, they'd be like, oh, no, you don't have to be a eunuch. (laughs) You just (laughs) Just need the NFT, NFT. the eunuch NFT. Just show me your ape. It's an ape with no balls. (laughs) 
It took 20 years to plan. Oh, They're how incredibly wild. uplifting. What a night. I love learning about Heaven's Gate. They're <laughs> wild, man. They are. Zach, any, anything else in your final no. thoughts? Um, I was just uh, Lee Markham, th- friend of the show, is going to be hosting. Around. He's going to have some involvement. They're having a donut hole eating ah, contest. Ah, you're taking my final thoughts. In Newcastle, eight minutes to eat as many donut hole, Jack's donut holes as possible. To What's see. your prediction? I don't know. It depends. Joey Chestnut is in this thing. Is he coming? He is here. Yeah. Joey Chestnut is in Newcastle. Oh my gosh. It's going to be Joey. Joey. <laughs> I mean, how obnoxious of a number, but it's, I would imagine it's going to be like, like a hundred to 200 or more. I was going to say should be a lot of people. Yeah. Because oh. they're small and that guy's Bash like, that guy's knocking Pat. out like almost, isn't he up to like beat ups thing? How many hot dogs is he eating? But no chestnut. Oh, so Joey Chestnut's going to come to Newcastle. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw Lee sporting the belt. Uh, Lee makes Newcastle proud, so I saw he's hitting the media tour for that. I guess all the registrations is full for. Man, I mean, this is Joey Chestnut. They're the professionals. This is yeah. not. This, you're not going. Oh, yeah. You're not going to. You're do not going to beat just Joey Chestnut. So, so yeah. that sounds like another awesome thing, kind of uh, wrapped around the uh, the, bicentennial. the bicentennial celebration. So keep checking the bicentennial website because. But yeah. Good for Lee. That's awesome. That's gonna be, that's gonna bring some attention to Newcastle. And Joey Chestnut's always been very entertaining when I've seen him do media. So the fact that we've got him coming though, it's gonna be a real deal. Yeah. It's this is the we are the big time. All right, Bash. How do people get in touch with you? How do they? How do they, what phone number do they call if they want to dial dial up a, an estate planning attorney? If they want to convince you to cook barbecue for their wedding, what all, all of the options? <laughs> all right. Um, so. Bash Kreider, don't don't even try to find me on Facebook. The, I, there's some old Facebook account that that Facebook won't let me log into anymore and won't let me delete. So, um, if you want to, uh, if you want to s- set up an the estate, keys are lost on the blockchain. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's just another lost password. Um, if you want to set up an estate planning uh, appointment with me, Hayes Copenhaver Kreider Harvey is my firm. Five two nine two one zero zero. That's seven six five five two nine two one zero zero. You can schedule an appointment. Um, how many freaks watch this show? Can I give my cell phone number? Oh yeah, you'd be fine. All right. Yeah. I mean, Christy will call you at night, but it's it'll be it, that's it, she's fun. All right. If you want to talk about any kind of crypto stuff, uh, then my cell phone is seven six five five two four three three zero six. That's five two four three three zero six. Uh, I'd be happy to walk you through building a mine or go over any of the definitions. It There is so much m- magic and hokum and silliness and people just trying to sell and swindle that are related, honestly, to both estate planning and cryptocurrency. Like I, You are I, working in the CD underbelly of everything. Yeah. I, I just want to spread the truth here. I just want people to recognize like neither of these things are magic. Neither of them are that hard. You don't have to be screwed. You don't have to educate yourself. Just like heaven's gate. <laughs> just like heaven's gate. <laughs> Let, drink my, what did they drink? <laughs> uh, I think it was Bash's final solution. There we go. We're all going to get on the comet together. Eat. I think that they ate something that had, the poison in it. It was Jim Jones that had him. Jim he was Jones, yeah, he was the Kool Aid guy. No, I'll tell you right. what, though. No, I my mom was super upset. There's a trivia night 
down to the local coffee shop. And that was one of the questions was, what did they drink? And my mom was telling me, she's like, yeah, you, you, we were all so mad. I'm like, yeah, it's not, it wasn't Kool-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid. <gasps> you want to talk uh, about the worst like twisting of the facts ever? If you're Kool-Aid, <laughs> yeah, how you're pissed like, are you? Like, it, was yeah. <laughs> it was not Kool-Aid wow. that, that killed all those people. It was Flavor-Aid, but, it's, but the, the phrase is, drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Kool-Aid is the flavor of truth. Flavor-Aid, poison. <laughs> Especially in the jungle. <laughs> May cause bloating. <laughs> but yeah, feel, feel free to get a hold of me. I, I'd be happy to talk to you about either of those. Sorry, things. I was trying to skim the article to determine how they killed themselves well, well, that I've given up. I've got, <laughs> it's I'll, too uh, depressing. I want to ask. Oh, they, they actually took a cocktail of drugs. Um, <laughs> oh. They Cheers. used a combination of... Well, Jim Jones did Flavor-Aid. Jim Jones did Flavor-Aid. They took a yeah. combination of phenobarbital, alcohol, hydrocodone, and consumed... Yeah, here it is. I knew they ate something. They consumed it. They put that all in pudding and then ate the pudding. And then they put plastic bags over their heads See, and laid down on their cots. Obviously, that's dedicated. They just made sure they were dead. They were ready to go. Oh, my gosh. They were catching that spaceship. Obviously, that guy selling Jello got him in trouble. Yeah, he was a bad influence back then. Wow, wonder if they would have missed the plane because they couldn't the comet because they couldn't see it because their bag got foggy. <laughs> could you could you pick what flavor pudding you got? Better be chocolate. No pudding pop. They're like uh, it's tapioca. You're like no, no, no. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take care of the website. I'll when just go on this chocolate. <laughs> I'll do two doses. Tapioca, just a half. <laughs> That's in the bag. Oh, it was cheesecake. I'm all in. Add strawberry. Dakota, you got any final? This is we've covered more mass suicide on this episode than we ever have. What a joyous occasion! Oh dear. Do you guys know I knew so much about Heaven's Gate? I really didn't. I just. I, I really didn't. These are the things I keep myself up at night going. I really should do my will. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Instead, I'm going to keep looking up this thing. There we go. And by the way, Dakota gets up at 2.30 in the morning. So when he says up late at night, he means right now at 9.19 p.m. Yeah, Eastern. It's like, this is a real afterburner for Dakota. Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about Joey Chestnut. I've been telling all my coworkers about it because I think that's pretty exciting. My guess was 230. Uh, I really have nothing else. What happened with your fantasy your fantasy IndyCar picks last weekend? Uh, Did you not hit submit? We literally I made you put them submit. in, I and then I missed the submit too, and and then that. you got no points awarded. <laughs> I know. I was. I checked it whenever I saw that you guys were talking about the yeah. race. I was like, oh, I should check, see how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. I was like, it was like very disappointing. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've got a gripe real quick. I went to Ohio over the weekend. Took my camper. Everything I drove over there that had wheels came back, needed a welder. <sighs> Poor Zach. Everything needed a welder. <laughs> Literally, my exhaust came apart, and my exhaust was aimed at the bottom of my, the back of my Tahoe. So I hit it with an infrared thermometer because when I got home, there was something warm, and like the latches in the floor were the third row. Dad, it, my feet are burning. 165 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> the floor of the cargo area of a Tahoe. Hey, hey, uh, Bash. Yo, what what temperature are we cooking meats to nowadays? So that, that would be done if it was chicken. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's true. That would that'd be, be pretty be, heavy. It would, it would be a little overdone if it was pork. Hey, here I have a gripe. Here's a more important question: B Dub's customers are being cooked these days. It's 76 degrees in that place every time I go, and I don't go there anymore. <laughs> and I represented them in the state eating wing competition. 
but I don't eat there anymore until they get their heads together. This is slanderous, libelous. Yeah, you very troubling. We we do not eat hot sauce in a sauna. <laughs> I was gonna say, and it's not fair. I was gonna say you think like, well, what's your complaint? But wait, it's a place where you eat hot wings. Yeah, it's a bunch it's- of heavy folks eating deep fried meat in hot sauce and drinking beer. It's everything that increases your blood pressure, <laughs> and now also eighty degree temperatures, which increases my blood pressure. So I don't eat at B-dubs anymore. I think it's a circular thing because they had to start keeping the heat up because more people weren't eating there. Mm. So they... It's a vicious having, cycle. Yeah. And now more people aren't eating there because the heat's too hot. Because it's hot as hell. So, Zach, you, your truck was 165 degrees in the backseat. In the floor, yeah. And you... You melted down some that, components that's five, of the back five of the degrees no. higher than you need to cook your white meat chicken. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And like yep. in what fifteen or twenty degrees warmer than pork? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, so it, it melted. There was what's super kind of bummers. I just had paid to have part of my uh, part of the evap system, which is kind of an emissions thing, uh, fixed. And it was all running good. And then it literally took one of those pieces and melted it. <laughs> like it was the size of like a small Coke can. And now it was just like a third of one side and just, everything just, is just shriveled up prune, shriveled up prune <laughs> of a part. It's gone. And now I'm having to like source. I've got everything but one part. I can't find the plug because the plug got melted into it too. But yeah, it was, yeah, I fit the exhaust. And then I've got a, uh, I'm hoping Mr. Vito, another friend of the show, is going to come and fix my camper over the weekend because I've got plans for it. But yeah, broke off a, a suspension hanger on the camper. Can't which, say you weren't warned. Uh-huh. I I got pretty far. <laughs> I got I don't take trips like you do to all these crazy places. So, but it might happen. It broke on seventy on Interstate seventy. Shockingly, though, in Ohio. Not Allegedly. Indiana. Allegedly, could have been. It could have been on. Uh, it could have been in Wayne County. I think I know where it happened. I think I felt it, <laughs> but, but yeah, but man, it was delightful. Even as bad as the, the roads were in that moment when I think it broke, you get to the state line and you're like, I, why do I live here? Cause the <laughs> roads are awful. The minute you get across the state line, I drove through seven States over the weekend, over 2000 miles. And I swear to God, the worst track traffic is on I 70 East and West in the state of Indiana. The roads are bumpy and, and the truck traffic is just side by side. So welcome. It's a it's a nice welcome home party. All right. With that, we thank you guys very much. We will be back on Tuesday of next week because Zach and I have a date with the world's greatest race course. We'll see you then.